It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about their first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. Napa Know How. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Welcome to a Locked On crossover. I'm your Locked On Texans host, Robert Land, along with James Rapine from Locked On Bengals. A big game this week for the Texans. Not so big for the Bengals with the elimination from the playoffs this week. And, and I just wanted to ask you, James, about the Bengals this season because uh, – some people might be wondering what what's happened to the Bengals, but I look at your schedule and it's you know losses to the Steelers twice, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Giants by one, the Ravens, and the Bills who are actually still alive in the playoff picture. So the schedule is has been a, a really it seems like it's been a real difficult schedule, and you've had the loss of AJ Green, of course, right? Yeah, I mean it, it's been a mixture of things. It's almost the perfect storm for the Bengals this season. It's been a, a pretty difficult schedule. They had a lot of turnover on the offensive side of the ball, even some some losses on defense, and they've never really been able to recover from that. I'm not really sure what their identity is on offense. They have a new offensive coordinator, Ken Zampezi, and it, you, you mentioned losses to the Bills and Giants. There's Those losses were by one point and four points. They've had multiple losses where the offense had the ball in the fourth quarter, a chance to win, and they just haven't been able to get over the hump and finish that game. Uh, they have in years pla- years past, but but this year, it's not the same, and uh, that's why they're five eight and one, and that's why they're on the the outside looking in. They'll be at home in January watching playoff football for the first time in six seasons. What's the latest with AJ Green? I, I saw some reports that he might actually play this week. Is is there a chance he could play? I think the chances are are pretty good at, based on what I'm hearing, and and I'm sure we'll we'll hear more as the week goes on. But I I, I heard he was pretty close on Sunday. Couldn't get all the way there against Pittsburgh. So we'll see if he takes the field on Saturday night. As of now, I would think it's pretty likely. Marvin Lewis said on Monday that they're going to play their best players. They're going to play the veterans. Not going to worry about getting the young guys more reps, even though they're out of the playoff hunt. They want to win these next two games. Uh, I know Marvin does. He sounded kind of mad when he was asked that question on Monday, if they were going to play a lot of the younger players and sit the veterans. So who knows how motivated the Bengals will be, but certainly their head coach wants to play their best players and get these uh, finish these two uh, last games and get two wins before the end of the year. This is a weird game for the Texans because if the Titans beat the Jags earlier in the day, it's actually meaningless for the division because either way, the Texans and Titans will be playing for the division title the next week. But what's so interesting is actually if they win, uh, they still would have the chance to maybe get the three seed uh, it looks like it might be between the Texans and, and Titans winner, the, the winner of the, that division 
and uh, and it might be between them actually maybe just the Texans and uh the Steelers and the Steelers playing the Ravens for a big game and if they lose to the Ravens then and and the Texans can end up with the same record long story but anyway the, the Texans <laughs> still have a would have a chance for the 3-4 seed I feel like I was just going on and on there but yeah James it, it, it could be a, a big game from that standpoint but it might not mean actually anything in terms of the division uh, by the by the time the, the game comes around that Saturday night. Yeah, and the interesting thing is I'm just looking at, at some different Houston stats, and you guys have been outscored by 44 this year, and yet you're 8-6, and 6-1 six, six and one at home. And uh, so it, it's, it's kind of unbelievable that uh, – and I know Brock Osweiler struggled, and that's probably been a topic on your show more times than – than not I'm just kind of like wow how are they eight and six they've been outscored they've had awful quarterback play and yet you're a win essentially a win over Marcus Mariota away from clinching the division well when they've lost this year especially early in the year they got they got killed they got killed by the, <laughs> the Patriots everybody saw that on national television they got killed by the Broncos uh, they've had a couple of losses early in the year that were like that to pretty good teams but uh, when you look at oh the, the Vikings as well, when the Vikings were undefeated, that was another one. But yeah, the the Texans are doing it defensively. It's a pretty easy. I mean, they're number one now in the NFL in defensive rating. Jadavian Clowney just got on the Pro Bowl, you know, just made the Pro Bowl team. And, and so that's a big story here within the last 24 hours. And, but of course, it all pales in comparison to Tom Savage. And I joked on the show earlier this year, I, I don't... I know Tom Savage had a great game on Sunday, but maybe we should go find TJ Yates because he seemed to be the Bengals <laughs> kryptonite over the years. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, heck, that's been brought up here recently because Marvin Lewis obviously hasn't won a playoff game in his tenure with the Bengals. He's been here since 2003, 0-7 in the playoffs. And, and fans are, are calling for him to move on or calling for him to, to be fired. And Part of the reason is, is T.J. Yates and his stellar play over the years against the Bengals in the playoffs. What's your feeling on Marvin Lewis? Because I, I just wondered from a Bengals perspective, I mean, it seems like they, they've had a, a good team and Marvin Lewis has done a nice job coaching them to the playoffs. But is it was it a team that should have gone further in the playoffs some of those years? I mean, they, they played the Texans with T.J. Yates that one year, and I felt like that, that was a season that the Bengals maybe should have won that playoff game. But the Texans did have home field advantage and that was JJ Watts coming out party. So what, what's the feeling there is, I mean, I, it sounds like the, the fans want him to go, but is it, is it that obvious? I mean, should the Bengals really have beaten those other teams or, or was he really doing a great coaching job just to get them to the playoffs with Andy Dalton, who we love down here because he's a local, but you know, he's not considered an, an elite quarterback by any stretch. That's kind of a, a complicated answer because you're right. Fans Certainly, I think the majority of the fan base wants to see change and wants to move on from Marvin Lewis. But you look at it, and, and job any job you take is about fit. Well, Marvin Lewis fits. He, he fits right in with Mike Brown. They get along great. And pre-Marvin Lewis, like it or not, this organization was lost. They, they weren't good. They weren't successful. So that's what the dilemma would be. Now, on the other hand, you can argue, well, Lewis has gotten you to a certain point. But at some point, you need to take a risk and see if somebody else can get you over the hump. And I think that's where fans are coming from. As far as is my opinion on it, I, I'm kind of down the middle. I can see why they would move on. I can also see why last year 
almost seemed like the year. I, I could argue they had the best roster in, in the NFL, and Andy Dalton was having an MVP-like year. He gets injured, and everything kind of gets derailed. They don't get a, a bye, as they were on pace to do, and everything stops. And everything, instead of making a playoff run in January, they didn't, and they, they had that collapse. So there's so many angles to it. I could see why the Bengals would move on. I can see why fans and, and where they're coming from. I don't see it happening. I think Marvin Lewis will be the head coach here next season. What about Andy Dalton? Because that's another huge question for you guys. And, you know, I, I actually covered Andy Dalton when he was a high school kid playing at Katy and winning a state championship there and, you know, with an incredible program. And, you know, his what he's able been able to do in the NFL is, is a real surprise because he wasn't one of those guys when you watched him in high school that just jumped off of the, you know, just kind of jumped off the screen or anything like that. Uh, what about Andy Dalton? Because in the in the NFL, it's it can get difficult. So you go, yeah, we'd love to have a better quarterback, but those guys seem to be very difficult to find. And we got this guy that's is okay. He's he's really good at times. Uh, what about Andy? That's another one uh, where he, he's good. You know, he's good. He's not great. And I think last year people thought that maybe he had turned the corner. That maybe Andy was better than he had been in his previous four years in, in year five of the light bulb clicked and he was just going to be this MVP caliber talent and, and, and just do this year in and year out. And I said before the season, new offensive coordinator, no Marvin Jones, no Mohamed Sanu. It, things are going to change. Andy's not going to be the same player. Tyler Eifert was injured to start the season. And we've certainly seen that. And it, it's not all his fault. His offensive line has been, been bad this year. But Andy, especially since the bye week, looks a little off, and, and I'm not sure what it was. He, he's played well this year, I would say, overall, but you can see that there's those flaws. The, the things that we saw in 2014 and 2013, they're still there. Last year, Hugh Jackson was able to hide him. A great roster was able to hide him. Now, it, it, he's kind of exposed a bit, but we kind of knew what he was already, and, and I think last year was the outlier. So, the Bengals are going to stick with them. I, I don't think that there's any reason for them to move on because it is so hard, like you said, to find a top you know, five or six quarterback in the, in the game. But he needs to be elevated with a good roster, a good defense, good weapons around him. He can't be the one elevating the wide receivers, elevating the defense and covering up flaws. So he's good. Not great. Um, and I, I certainly he would be great in Houston <laughs> with that roster if they're winning with Brock Osweiler. But uh, right now, the Bengals just have to put better pieces around him if they're going to be successful. What's the perception of the Texans from Cincinnati fans? Because we feel like we're, we're in the same boat you guys are in a way. We've just been sort of stuck in this mediocrity where when we win, we're winning in a division that that's been pit pathetic over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, when they when they have gotten to the playoffs, except for beating the Bengals, it's just, you know, you run into teams that the Texans just aren't better than. Yeah. I, I think people think the Houston Texans are, are a good team uh, overall, uh, especially here. And, and part of it's probably the playoffs. Part of it's watching Arian Foster run over Chris Crocker back in 2012. I think it was. Uh, so, so that's part of it. Um, the, the other thing is that the Brock Osweiler, I, I, when I think of Houston Texans now, Houston Texans football, I think of of Osweiler just being bad. <laughs> so um, I, I wasn't a fan when that happened. I don't know how, how you stood on that, but uh, I, I didn't think he was that good yet last year for Denver. And certainly uh, Texans uh, 
fans and the organization are finding out that uh, that Brock Osweiler probably isn't their future. So I think those are the two things. Probably a good football team, but also uh, Brock Osweiler, which is not so good. Yeah, for your Lockdown Bengals fans, I, I guess the perception by myself in particular was just that, you know, the Texans made a, you know, they they made a big decision to do that, and I think it was a worth a gamble because, you know, the Texans so badly needed a quarterback, and the fact that if you were going to get a quarterback where they were in the draft was going to be very difficult. You know, a guy that was going to do something. Little did we know that a guy named Dak Prescott was going to get drafted in the fourth round and be as good as he's been for the Cowboys. But uh, when you looked at the situation from the Texans' perspective, uh, they were just stuck in this, you know, where these, with they, we call them bridge quarterbacks, you know, and uh, the Hoyers and the Mallets and the and the Ryan Fitzpatricks and all of those type of guys. So, you know, it's worth taking the chance. Uh, they had to overpay to do that which was unfortunate. Obviously, it's been a, a disaster. He's been the worst quarterback in the NFL by most stats. But the good news is Tom Savage is here to the rescue. And, <laughs> hey, uh, let me just tell you, he looked really good this past week. We're really, Hey, there is actual excitement when he came in there on Sunday against the Jaguars. Uh, the, the whole stadium, the tenor of the stadium changed because you could see there was something different going on. The guy was making throws. He was making reads that Brock hadn't been able to make. He was moving him up and down the field. Uh, if you looked at the stats, you thought, oh, he just moved him up and down the field mostly for field goals. But DeAndre Hopkins dropped what looked like was a definite touchdown pass on one of the drives. And so it, 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 it's a situation here where there's just excitement over Tom Savage and you know, maybe there's a little bit of hope. And instead of, you know, maybe you squeak into the playoffs if you can beat the Titans on that last game in Tennessee, which, you know, I think they were the definite favorite. They're still probably the definite favorite in that game. But, you know, now it looks like, well, maybe we can beat the Titans and maybe maybe we could do something in the playoffs if Tom Savage is anywhere close to what we saw on Sunday. No, I, I totally get that. And I, I think including I wasn't high on Brock Osweiler, but I thought he would be competent with those weapons. I mean, you, you mentioned Hopkins dropping that ball. It's probably because he hasn't seen one all year. He's not used to getting a, a ball in the open field. I might be wrong. I just, I, I was shocked at how, how bad Brock was. And if, if Tom Savage is an upgrade, I, I don't see that many flaws. I mean, Lamar Miller, I loved him coming into the year. I think he's mega talented. Jadavion Clowney, certainly emerging as, as one of the best pass rushers. You mentioned his, his Pro Bowl nomination or getting nominated to the Pro Bowl. So there are certainly plenty of pieces there uh, on defense. And that's that's how you win in the playoffs is a good defense. And if you can run the football and not turn it over. And, and that's that, that's what the Chiefs do. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. And uh, it, it's one of those things where if you can hold on to the ball, play great defense, force a couple turnovers, you can go up against some of these good teams in the playoffs and, and be right in it uh, going down to the wire. So I I get it. I, are, are you shocked by how bad Brock was this year? Or, is he, or am I over-exaggerating how bad he was? Is he not as bad as I, I at least think he was? <laughs> yeah, no, he's been pretty bad. <laughs> There's no question about that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I guess I am a little, I'm a little bit shocked because – Bill O'Brien was able to do stuff with Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett. I mean, Mallett wasn't anything special, but Mallett looks even better than Brock. And, you know, if you look at the quarterbacks that the Texans have had with Brian Fitzpatrick and Brandon Whedon and the different guys that they've run out over the last two years, and everybody's been able to get the ball 
to DeAndre Hopkins. He still manages to, you know, be near the top of the league and catches with, with that group of characters. And there were eight different guys throwing passes to him uh, in 2014 and 2015. So, yeah, it, it has been a shock. There's no question about that. But, and, and, and you know, there, he's, he's been bad. It's, it's, uh, you look at the arm and he can make some throws and he looked good in the preseason and there was real hope in the preseason when you watched him and you thought, yeah, this guy looks pretty good and he's got new weapons like Will Fuller and Lamar Miller to work with and maybe he can do something with that. And, you know, you were excited about the speed that they added in the offseason with those two guys and, Maybe Braxton Miller would come in as a third-round draft pick and do something at wide receiver, and now Braxton Miller's out for the year. Jalen Strong, who was their second-year guy, another third-round pick's out for the year, and you know they're they're down to to Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, and that's it. But t- Tom Savage, you know, it might be the it sort of might be the resurrection of DeAndre Hopkins with Tom Savage and Fedorowicz, who was out last week. Who you know it was somebody that. Uh, Savage didn't have to work with last week. He's coming back. He was out with concussion protocol. And Fedorowicz has been sort of a revelation this year after getting not much of anything from the tight ends. Fedorowicz has done a really good job. And he's a much better blocker than the other two guys, Ryan Griffin and Steven Anderson, who, uh, you know, can catch the ball, but, you know, they can't block like Fedorowicz can. So it should be interesting to see what Savage can do with maybe another weapon at, at his disposable disposal, a week of preparation with, you know, getting to practice with the starters and see what that's like. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Savage can do. Yeah. And I think the key for him in the key for Houston in this game is going to be getting off to a quick start. If they can get the crowd involved and, and just get up, I don't know, 10, nothing, 13, nothing early on. I'm not sure the Bengals offense can come back against that the way they're playing, even with AJ green. And I'm not sure with not much to play for. I don't know how much mentally they would be able to recover from. So to me, and you could say it in any game, but if Houston gets up at home, gets the crowd involved, I don't think the the offensive line, I don't think the Bengals offense is capable of putting up major points and and, and coming back. Not to say that that Houston's going to score 35 in this game, but if they can get a field goal or or get a touchdown on that opening possession, I think it would go a long way uh, to winning the game because as good as the Houston defense has been, and you said they've, they've carried the team all season, the Bengals' offense since the bye has been brutal it, for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, Marvin Lewis is taking the heat here in Cincinnati, but I, I think it's more on uh, the offensive coordinator, Ken Zampezi. He, he just doesn't seem like he's pushing the right buttons right now. And I know A.J. Green isn't playing, but they're not playing well. And it it's really seems like 14 to 17 points is what the Bengals are scoring. And that's that's just simply not enough to win in the NFL. Yeah, and the way the Texans' defense is playing, that's going to matter. They didn't have Whitney Merciless last week. He's going to be back, it looks like. And Jonathan Joseph, you guys know about him, and he's yep. been a great leader here and, and a huge guy to get back, especially uh, since they've had to play Robert Nelson, who's an undrafted free agent who they picked up off the street a couple of weeks ago. And he had his problems in Indianapolis. Did, didn't see as much issues with him this past week against the Jags, but that's Blake Bortles. So speaking of bad quarterback play, that's a, <laughs> uh, that that was not a good test for for Robert Nelson and the in the Texans defense. But uh, the Texans haven't been really healthy. Of course, no JJ Watt the whole year, but just you know they they've had some main guys in and out of the lineup, especially in the secondary uh, for the majority of the season. And and the big benefit 
of having Clowney back is it's been huge because it, they've just had so many injuries everywhere else. And the fact that he's only missed one week this season uh, for him is, is a huge deal. And for the Texans has been a savior and, and, and you can't say enough at what Romeo Crennel has been able to do with these guys. Uh, are the Bengals going to be checked out? Do you think, or do you think they're, they're still, you know, they're still pretty focused. I mean, I, I'd never say that about the NFL, but because the guys are always fighting for jobs, you know, they're, you can't you can't do that in the NFL, and and I don't I don't know how you go out there and and not try hard because if you don't you get hit you get hit really hard in the NFL if you if you're not <laughs> if you're not doing doing what you're supposed to do and running as hard as you can. So I I, I oftentimes think that's a little bit overrated. But where are they going to be mentally? Do you think? I think they're going to be dialed in, um, mostly because they've been eliminated. Maybe not mathematically, but they've been eliminated for a while. I mean, they were three seven and one. They couldn't really, in the back of their minds, think that at 3-7-1, and one, they were going to make a playoff run. I mean, they, they would have needed a ton of help. They have won two of three. They beat a, a bad Eagles team and then an awful Cleveland team. So I, I do think they're going to be dialed in based on what Marvin said. He certainly wants to win these next two games. He's not worried about the draft or the offseason or developing young players. Another sign of that is A.J. Green and how hard he's working to get back. It's not like he's shutting it down. Oh, we're out of the playoffs. He's going to try to practice this week. He's going to try to be on the field like we talked about. So I think that this team, the, the fight is still there. I think they're just shocked at, at the result this season. 5-8-1, and one, I, they did not expect this. And uh, I, I think in their mind, they want to get to 7-8-1, get to the offseason and do some retooling. I won't call it a rebuild, but retool. But uh, I definitely think going to Houston, especially – you mentioned the playoff games. Marvin mentioned this on Monday. He's never, I don't think he's won in Houston. So I, I think that that's something he, he might be able to use as a motivational tactic is, hey, we haven't won in Houston since I've been here. And he's been here for a long time. So uh, they certainly should be motivated. I expect them to not, not be checked out. And, and you're right about uh, the money thing. There's a lot of free agents, pending free agents uh, on the Bengals. Drake Hurtpatrick, the cornerback, Andrew Whitworth, veteran guys that, want to get another contract and uh in Dre's case he wants to get a big contract so yeah, he'll probably be on DeAndre Hopkins a decent amount this Saturday and uh it's certainly a, a good way to show hey I, I'm ready for the big money <laughs> put a percentage on the on if Marvin Lewis does come back is there is there a good percentage or is it you feel like it's just a very small chance that he he's he's fired this offseason I would say as long as Marvin wants the job it's a 100% chance he'll be back next year so as, unless he decides, hey, you know what, I, I've had enough. Um, I, I just think the fit makes sense. Uh, they've been to the playoffs for five years straight. And I know fans are upset they haven't made any playoff runs. But, I mean, that it, Mike Brown and the Bengals look at that as, as probably successful seasons, as they should. I mean, they were 12-4 and four last year, 5-8-1 and one this year. It's just they can look at it as a down season. Fans may not look at it that way, but uh, that's how I'm sure they'll look at it and try to rebuild for next year. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Texans because I just feel like uh, Tom Savage has got me all fired up, man. It's uh, we're ready to go with the run out there and see what Tom Savage can do. And boy, it would just really hurt the Texans fans if he if he just went out there and, and had a terrible game and you're back to to square one. And you know the the, the chances that maybe Brock Osweiler gets thrown back out there because we'd love to see what Savage could do these last couple of games and see if. You know, you, you can maybe have some hope going into next season, or do you got to, you know, try to 
hope and pray that a quarterback, decent quarterback might fall to the second or third round in a, in a bad quarterback draft. Yeah. Well, the Bengals have AJ McCarron. If you're, if you're interested in him, I'm sure they're, they're going to be willing to deal him. So if you, if you can just put it out there in Houston, that AJ McCarron is available. Um, I'm sure the Bengals would be willing to trade him this offseason. I'm going to go with Houston too, though, uh, because the, the Bengals aren't going to be able to score on Saturday. I, I really think that their, their offense is struggling mightily. I mean, they put up 20 against Pittsburgh the other day, but a lot of that, one thing was a penalty that put them on the one yard line and it took them four tries to get in. It was 20 points, but it, it was a, a manufactured 20 points. It wasn't all these long, sustainable drives. They, they had 20 at halftime, couldn't get a drive, couldn't put one drive together in the second half against the Pittsburgh defense that isn't as good as, as this Houston defense. I just think they're going to struggle. Uh, they've, they've scored 12 points against the Bills, 14 to, against the Ravens, and 20 against the Steelers. Those are their last three losses. So I think they, they are, they're held under 20, and Houston wins by, let's say, 23-17. Yeah, it seems like these teams are always playing big games against each other. And just talking about the Bengals' struggle, I know that they've, they're the NFL team that's the longest without having won a playoff game. But, you know, the Bengals, uh, and, and this is small consolation, I guess, for, for younger Bengals fans, but they, they did go to two Super Bowls. And Houston, which is we're as crazed a football area as it gets, you know, we've had a franchise for almost the entire length of the NFL, minus a few years between the Oilers and the Texans. And we're one of just a handful of franchises that have never been to a Super Bowl, you know, not one Super Bowl ever. <laughs> and the last time we were even in an AFC championship game, it was 1979. So it's been 37 years. And, and, and of course, the obviously, you guys know up there, the Browns are one of those teams, too, that hasn't been to the Super Bowl yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, I know it's small consolation, but that, I guess that's something that you could hang your hat on a little bit with the Bengals because at least they, they've gone to a couple of Super Bowls and a couple of good Super Bowls, too. Those were those were exciting Super Bowls. Yeah, they, they absolutely were. And it, it's one of those things where it's, it's always woe is me when your team doesn't win. And, and, and it's just one of those things. I mean, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. That's... Um, any any organization that that struggles or is perceived to struggle, but but the Bengals have have been good since really '09. They've missed the playoffs twice. And that's pretty that's pretty good. If if it's any other team, let's say the Eagles are doing that, Cincinnati fans would be like, wow, look at Philadelphia, how great that organization is. So it, it's just one of those things when the, the grass is always greener. Um, but I, I have to before you let me go, I, I have to ask, what about AJ McCarron? Would you what do you think um, about the Bengals backup? You know, honestly, I haven't seen him enough to know anything. And you, th- <laughs> you thought, you know, you knew a little bit from Osweiler, you know, because at least he started a few games last year and you got a chance to see him a little bit. And, you know, beating a Patriots team on national television was, oh, wow, that's that's pretty impressive because the Texans, you roll the Patriots out there and they go into the fetal position every year. So, you know, you thought, well, hey, that, that this is a guy that might be able to do something. So. You know, I, I I haven't seen enough of AJ McCarrot, and uh, my my scouting on quarterbacks I feel like <laughs> is uh, is not good at this point. We, we we had a guy on here that warned us about Osweiler, one of our local guys, a guy named Jason Braddock, who's really great, comes on with us, and and he had he, he told me, you know, as soon as that deal was made, he said it was a terrible deal. He said I'd, he goes, I'd much rather him see him take a chance on somebody in the draft and, and see what happened with that. Cause he, he just had no 
he had no confidence in him. And, and it turns out he, everything he said was, was dead on, but uh, you, you think AJ McCarron can be a good NFL quarterback though? I, yeah, I think he can be a starter, uh, a starter. His ceiling is probably like an Andy Dalton. So he, he's going to be a good, solid starter. He's not going to be a, a perennial pro bowl or MVP candidate or anything like that. But when you're talking about guys like Brock Osweiler and, and they were, I, I compared the two last year cause I wanted the Bengals to move him last season because I thought he had value because uh, he, he had two years left on his deal and Osweiler was obviously a free agent. And I said, I would take McCarron over Osweiler any day of the week because he, he just like he, he played in a playoff game against the Steelers, got that start and put them in position to win. And he just seems to have it. And I know that sounds silly, but he just does. And I think fans here think that he should start over Dalton. There, there's a majority of, uh, or not a majority, but a lot of fans who feel that way. I don't, but I think that he could certainly go to somewhere like Cleveland or the Jets or, or Houston and, and be a, a competent starting quarterback for organizations that ha- that really haven't had that in a couple of years or longer. So. Yeah, I think he adds value. I think the Bengals should move him this offseason. We'll see if they uh, if they listen. <laughs> if you can get a first round pick for Sam Bradford, you know anything's possible, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny you mentioned that. I was so I was like, oh, this is perfect. You have a desperate team. They need a quarterback. You can trade him a young, cheap contract to the Vikings earlier this year. And Bengals fans thought I was crazy, but heck, they could they could have used a first round pick. Um, and, and he's a lot cheaper than Sam Bradford. I'd, I'd say he's better too. Would you? Who? Why is Sam Bradford going for first round picks every single year? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I tell you that teams are desperate for quarterbacks. I, I that's the only thing I can explain because you know I've got a bunch of friends that live in St. Louis and are Rams fans, and we're just you know they're just as shocked as anybody that he's flying around the league for first round picks every year because uh, he you know he had a he had a long run there in, in St. Louis that, you know, even when he was playing, it wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, but I guess the blame, I guess everybody just sort of blamed it on, you know, he didn't have any weapons there and it was, you know, it was Jeff Fisher or whatever the case may be. But yeah, I, I was, I was real surprised that what, what you could get for a Sam Bradford, that, that was amazing. And, and he, and they were doing okay with him uh, for a while. And then, and then the wheels kind of fell off, but they, they, they had some other things with Mike Zimmer and stuff like that. So there's been some circumstances there that have been a little bit beyond his control. I know. Yeah, there, there have. And it's just one of those guys where you're like, man, I, I don't know. I think he's overrated average arm. He's not really great at, at anything and for going first overall and getting moved for all these first round picks. It's he's been traded for a first rounder. What two, two times now. So that's, to me, that means teams have spent three three first rounders on him, and that's that's three too many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it's unbelievable. The quarter, quarterbacks, it, it seems like they're it's more than ever they're they're harder to find, and and, it, and it's more important than ever. So it's it, the values just keeps going up and up and up and up. Uh, ob- obviously, that Rams are fi- figuring out the Jared Goff situation as we speak. So you know that's another team you could throw into the mix that's going to need a quarterback pretty soon. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much for doing this. I know we're at Locked On Texans. If you want to talk to us or, you know, Facebook, we have our Facebook page, Locked On Texans. I assume that it's the same deal for you guys, right? 
Yeah. And then uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at James Rapine. And I, I tweet out uh, all the shows there. And, and obviously, like you, it's it's on iTunes and audioboom.com. Yeah. And with us, we, we're up on TuneIn and Stitcher as well. So, hey, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, uh, good luck with your, your off season. I'm interested to see what the Bengals might do, if there's any big changes for them or uh, if, if they just try to maybe get healthy going into next year. And, and uh, that might be enough with a couple of additions in the draft. Yeah, I, I think they'll certainly make a few moves. Who knows? Maybe we'll uh, we'll do this again when the the Houston Texans decide to trade for AJ McCarron. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that yeah, you never know. You never know. Locked on Bengals, James Rapine, and uh, locked on Texans, Robert Land. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, man. Take care. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.